we've all heard it before, it's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyden, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency. We host bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check them out at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. All right, this week's guest is Ellen Barton. Ellen is the founder and president of White Knight Productions and is the founder of The Boardroom, an online community for entrepreneurs to connect, network, and grow their businesses. Her first book, Ready, Set, Grit, Three Steps to Success in Life, Business, and the Pursuit of Happiness comes out this spring. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here too, because you and I have had a number of amazing conversations. So um, it's about time we have it and it gets recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Make it official. Absolutely. Um, Ellen, why don't you tell me a little bit about how White Knight Productions has adapted to work with clients nationwide? Yeah, um, I would be glad to. So when we started, we're a 12 year old company. We've been around for a while. We make videos and animations and um, help people with marketing, mainly marketing. Not That's not the only thing we do, but we do a lot of marketing work. And um, all the vast majority of what we do is visual. So like I said, you know, videos, animations. And when we started the company 12 years ago, we were focusing on local clients, regional clients, the whole traditional way of doing um, video production. And over the years, that has really changed dramatically, where now we do work with clients all over the country. I've worked very hard. I, as the principal in the agency, I've worked very hard to foster relationships with videographers around the country and relationships with our clients around the country and have found kind of innovative ways to service them without necessarily being there on site. You know, sometimes we are, sometimes, especially pre-COVID, sometimes we would fly out and attend a shoot or, you know, other uh, meetings on different locations. But these days we do so much via um, remote video capture. We do so much um, just meetings, you know, via Zoom and that. But it's, it's interesting how we've really been able to expand our reach um, first by changing our mindset and then by looking for solutions to, um, you know, manifest what we were looking to make happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was actually able to participate or in one of those remote uh, video experiences and I'm excited to see the the end result. Yeah. It's amazing. It's um, really an interesting software. It's not a zoom Um, But it is kind of like Zoom in that other people, other video professionals are in the virtual room with you, helping to make your video um, great, you know, helping to make sure that it visually looks good, that you sound good, 
that the lighting is good, the sound, you know, the, the audio is, is um, there's no problems with your audio. So it's like having this team there with you, but they're not with you. So it makes it a lot easier to shoot, um, makes it a lot easier to schedule things. We've had shoots with clients in, uh, in India. We've had shoots with clients in Europe and all over the US and Canada, all without leaving our office, which is amazing. So it's very, it's a technology we are definitely embracing and the quality is, is great. We can shoot um, 4K video and um, just edit it like any other video we would shoot in person. So let's talk about some misconceptions that people have when working with a video production company. Well, you know, um, well, a lot of people think it's gotta be super expensive when they hire a video company. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people feel concerned that um, their brand won't be well reflected or that they're going to be giving up um, control, I guess, over the messaging or the project and um, just that it's inconvenient um, and a little bit scary. It's interesting, but you put a camera in front of people many people who just aren't used to it. And it's super intimidating and you throw up some lights and, and add a few people in the mix. And it can be very scary to um, step up there and be in the spotlight, even if, and we've noticed this, um, you know, but even if you're used to speaking, even, even people that are used to public speaking or um, we've had, experiences with CEOs of large medical groups, for example, that are just like, have been super intimidated by the camera. So um, one of the things that we do as a video company is we work very hard to make sure everybody's comfortable and kind of forgets that the camera's there eventually. It takes a little work and a little uh, soothing sometimes, but it's always our goal to make people enjoy the experience. And also to, to realize, I guess, that there's different ways to work with a video team. Um, sometimes traditional video can be pricey because there's a lot that goes into it. People forget all the planning that goes into it, all the scripting and all that stuff is, it, you're paying for somebody's time, obviously. But for us, I can't speak for every video company, but I'm sure this is the same for others as well. Um, we always try to work with our clients to make the whole process very collaborative and also to find solutions, you know, that work within their budget mm -hmm. and that help them reach their goals. Yeah. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with all the things that you said, just from my own personal experiences, uh, working with video, it's, um, it can de definitely be intimidating if you haven't done it before. There's just a bunch of equipment and lights, like you said, shining down on you. Uh, but just like anything, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get at it, the better you get at it. Yeah. And you do have to trust the people you're working with because it's your brand. You know, just like anytime you do anything mm -hmm. with your brand, you're you're trusting someone else to really get you and to reflect back um, your brand in the way you want it to be presented. Yep. And like for me, I, I'm not a huge fan of doing um, just news interviews. It always, that scares me more than working with a production company because <laughs> you never quite know how they're gonna edit 
um, your interview, you know, mm-hmm. even if, you know, even if it's totally, if, if there's nothing controversial going on or anything, you're still a little bit like, eh, how's that going to go? But a production company that you're hiring, their job is really to make you look great, yep. you know, so that's, that would be the expectation I would advise people to have. Totally. So you're extremely driven in supporting other entrepreneurs and and building community, which is um, something I'm obviously passionate about as well. Why is that? And what ultimately is your vision? Yeah, well, thank you for asking, Lori. That's a huge part of what I'm so passionate about. Um, So me as a small business owner, I, uh, I know firsthand how challenging it can be and how lonely it can be sometimes, um, especially when you're going through something, um, something challenging. You know, we had in my company, we had in 2015 was a really tough year for us. And um, like I said, our business, we were, we've been around for 12 years. We grew very quickly the first few years. 2015 was our come to Jesus moment. You know, it was Mm -hmm. really hard. And, um, and I didn't have at that time, I didn't really have the right people who I could talk to. Like I was member, I was a member of networking groups, but you typically don't go to networking groups and just, you know, spill all your problems. Yep. <laughs> um, and of course I have friends, but a lot of my friends didn't understand the nuances of running a business and, you know, family where they were supportive, but they didn't really get it. And um, so after I I survived that time and rebuilt the company, I really got driven on this community building thing because I started hearing similar stories from other people. And it's really important to me to try to um, support other small and medium-sized business owners who might not have that supportive network and um, just to try to help other people grow their businesses. It's... over the years, I have had great mentors. I've had great coaches, and um, learned a whole heck of a lot from or making some big mistakes. And I, I just think um, when we have the opportunity to help others and and give somebody a hand up or um, build a community that's supportive, um, we should take that opportunity. It's it's something I love doing. It's my my passion project. Um, so that's, you know, you mentioned I had, I built the boardroom, which is an online community for entrepreneurs. And I've been doing these talks every Friday for, um, going on four years. This is our fourth year of hosting free webinars for really for anyone, but they're targeted to entrepreneurs. Which um, I, I'm scheduled to talk in one soon. I'm yes. so excited. I, I hope all your listeners come and join us. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll include that information in the show notes without a doubt. Um, but I, I love what you've done and built. I think that's fascinating to support entrepreneurs and your ears so right. And, um, you know, I like that phrase that it's lonely at the top and it really is. And when you transition from being an employee to being an owner and entrepreneur, it is definitely a different world, but having that ecosystem of individuals that think like you and have the same challenges as you that you can lean on in in those situations is fascinating. 
Yeah, it's super important. And you know what? It's not even just the challenges, but sometimes you want to celebrate something. You know, sometimes something went really well. You got a grant or you won a big client or, you know, something really great happened. And I think it's also important to create an environment where you can do that and other people are, you know, they're cheering you on and it doesn't feel weird. You know, it doesn't feel like, like you're bragging, you're just celebrating your successes. And it's important. We don't do that often enough, many of us. Oh, there's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. This is a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. All right. So, Alan, when people hear the word networking, oftentimes it scares them. And my goal really with this show is to alleviate those fears. So can you help me do that by sharing with our listeners one of your favorite or most successful networking experiences that you've had? Well, it's interesting that you say it scares them. I guess um, maybe some of your listeners are introverts and maybe Mm -hmm. they don't like going into a room full of people or even a virtual room full of people, you know, even that can be weird now that we're in this COVID um, time. But I think um, maybe I would like to share some thoughts about networking rather than a specific experience. Sure. Although I also will share an experience with you in just a moment. (laughs) Okay. But I think that one of the big keys to successful networking is um, to shift your mindset away from, you know, oh, I really like your own personal goals. Like, oh, I really want to get one new client at this networking event, or I really want to close a new deal. Uh, That is the wrong way to go into networking. In my view, it much more so should be about service and connection and relationship building. That's so important. And as I'm sure um, you know, um, because you are also driven on this topic, but, um, but yeah, I think that like is my biggest tip for going into networking events. And then, um, also if you have the opportunity to stand up and introduce yourself to try to be memorable. And I'm thinking back, uh, and this will segue into my experience that I would like to share. So thinking back to a guy who, um, was my mentor for a while, he's a sales coach, And um, he used to work at a a very large corporation. He was very high up at this corporation and then he went out by himself, but he's just like full of knowledge, you know, just one of these people that you just want to listen to all day long. And um, he was a big proponent of being memorable, you know, just like break the mold if you have to get up and introduce yourself. And he always would only bring three business cards to a networking Mm. event, which is interesting. And um, he, so you had to like earn the right to get one of his business cards. Sure. And I think that like learning from him 
is probably part of my success story with networking is just to be um, very intentional about who you're connecting with. Of course, he would take other people's business cards, mm-hmm. but like to give it was different. And that's just his philosophy. I'm not saying it's the right way, but it was, it's interesting you know, to follow somebody like that and watch how they expertly um, make connections and, and build relationships in a very intentional way, you know? Yeah, I think that is really important. And, and I've, I've seen those situations where someone will say, I, I only brought a couple of cards. So um, yeah, uh-huh. I am being intentional. And I think that's a great way to describe that about who gets my contact information. <laughs> right, right. It's interesting. I know when I started networking, I was all about who, I, let's get as many cards out there as possible. <laughs> right. And, and there could be, you know, because the, the flip side of that is you never know who knows somebody, you know, even if the person you talk to doesn't need your services, their cousin or their brother, sister, friend, Correct. you know, friend of friend. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, oh, wait, I just got a business card. And that actually happened to me in a virtual networking event um, as part of this Friday group I mentioned, I was doing speed networking, um, which we use a platform called Blitzer and huh? it it connects you one-to-one. It's, it's like the best networking for introverts. It connects you one-to-one with people using AI cool. and you get put into short conversations like five or six minutes. In fact, I'm having another one of these coming up in a few weeks, just FYI. I'm, uh, I'm totally interested that in the show notes. Yeah. yeah it's very... how, tell us how people can sign up for that. <laughs> well, I, I absolutely will do that. Um, in fact, we could put a link in the show notes with um, the, there's a way to sign up for the newsletter to get the information for the Friday talks that I mentioned. Yep. And then okay. it's, it would come in, in that. So yeah, that's probably let's the definitely best way do to that. do it. Perfect. But um, what I wanted to share about that is I hosted one a few weeks ago And I was talking to a new connection. Someone had introduced me to this woman um, because she actually is looking for a videographer, but not for a few months. So we just started the conversation and I invited her to this event and she um, had shared with me, she's also looking for um, someone to help with web and SEO and um, she, but but she was too busy to come to the event, Mm -hmm. too busy to come to the event. And, um, she's like, you know, I, I think it's just not a good fit for me. It, I, I, I'm busy. And it's funny because I met the person that I met a person on that blitzer that was perfect for her, for her web sure. and SEO. And I thought of her and I connected them, but I was like, ah, oh, if you just could have come on here by yourself, you could have met this person firsthand. So it's, it, it's funny, you know, it's, it's, I think it's never a waste of time to go out and meet people and get a chance to talk about what you do and what you're looking for. Sure. I agree. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is building relationships and, and helping you solve someone else's problem or someone solving your problem. Exactly. Exactly. So what advice would you offer to that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? I, I think, um, I mean, right now in a time where we're much of what we're doing is online, um, I think um, LinkedIn is a great place to grow your network. Mm -hmm. And a good strategy for LinkedIn is going in and finding people you want to connect with, 
please do not connect with them and start selling them things right away. That's super annoying. Please don't yes, do that. It is. It is very annoying. <laughs> I'm so that. over that. <laughs> uh, me too. I, I even started saying to people, when they try to do that, I just write a message to them. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, this is my pet peeve. Don't do mm-hmm. this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and some interesting conversations have come out of that. But what I do recommend is finding people that you would like to connect to, maybe like to do business with and start following them, start commenting on their posts, you know, give thoughtful comments, thoughtful feedback and start conversations that way, because then you begin to build a relationship and you begin to have something to talk about. And then, you know, perhaps you have a better opportunity, better chance that they might accept your invitation to have a further conversation. Yep. And that can be an exploratory conversation. You know, I, I don't think anybody enjoys a sales pitch, a, t- a tough sales pitch. It's, uh, it's a lot better to approach things with a curiosity and a place of service. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those. I think that's great advice overall to be sharing without a doubt. And um, definitely a fan you know, of LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Clubhouse too, I don't know if you're on Clubhouse, but that is, and I know people have mixed feelings about it, but I, I've just started to explore it. I feel like that's a huge place you can really grow your network very quickly if you're strategic about it. Yes, that's the key word there. And that's why I have mixed feelings about it. I, I think it's a fantastic mm. platform. Um, I was, I would say, obsessed for just a couple of days on it. <laughs> and then I it realized- can be a little addictive, right? Yeah, and I realized, first off, I have zero strategy that, <laughs> that I'm doing yeah. this. And second, um, I, I already built out a plan for what I want to do. And I don't have the- the capacity to go all in on a different platform. Um, right. I, but I think yeah, it's a and great tool. That, you know, that's the thing too, is you do have to be strategic. You have to pick what you like doing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're somebody that likes making videos and therefore your platform is YouTube, or maybe you like, you know, I like LinkedIn. I've, I've just come to really like that platform. Yep. Um, many people of course are on Instagram. I just think you should, if you like writing, yeah, maybe it's blogging and sharing your blogs and, you know, finding ways to connect with people that way. But I don't think people need to feel like they need to do all of the stuff because you could literally do it all day long and never actually do any work, you know, exactly. just like with Clubhouse. Yep. I, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. It's, you have to be strategic, like you said, and, and I would say you're better off picking one platform and doing it very well instead of trying to be on all the platforms. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I think with networking in general, like just, I don't know, like I, I'm an introvert too. So I, I have like introvert, introvertistic networking mm-hmm. <laughs> tendencies, but I like it when I can just feel like I've connected with one or two people from a networking event and made a real connection. Um, that's usually a win for me. Yep. Cool. Um, love it. Yeah. Um, how about a fun one here? If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Ah, that is a good one. Um, I would definitely tell myself to chill out. I think (laughs) (laughs) I was so worried 
about so many things that I had no control over and everything has a funny way of working out, you know? So I think I would just have tried to worry less and <laughs> enjoy the moment more. Um, it, just knowing it was all going to be perfect. <laughs> all going to be perfect. And I try to tell my kids that because now they're in their early 20s. And it's a hard thing to hear. Well, it's a hard thing, I guess, to hear from your mom, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to understand. Yeah, maybe we just have to live it for ourselves. But I, I do feel like that's a that's a truth, you know, just believe that things are working out for you, you know? Indeed, indeed. All right, Ellen, I am going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Ooh, Lori, wow, what would I like to ask you? What, uh, okay, so what are you seeing with um, with networking trends that's different now in mm-hmm. in these, you know, the past year, sure. different or better, worse? You know, what, what are you seeing happening? Yeah, I think there's oh, lots of changes, um, which the entire last year has obviously been changes for everybody. Um, One of the things that I'm seeing right now are people that are trying to combine live and virtual at the same time. Mm. And I, I, there's a lot of challenges with that. Um, You know, when you're live, there's that interaction that just doesn't happen in the virtual space. Um, I'm actually presenting to a group in a couple of weeks that is doing this exact thing. And I'm trying to just figure out in my head, how do I, simultaneously engage with the live audience and the virtual audience. Mm, that's tough. <laughs> so um, I don't know how, how well that's going to, you know, is that a short-lived thing or not, but how long is it until everyone is hundred percent comfortable with live events again? Um, so, you know, there's definitely challenges there. I, I think the, the zoom networking is starting to get a little uh, exhausted and yep. there needs to be a different level of engagement that's happening. So it's, I'm, I'm actually going to look at this Blitzer platform that you, um, that you are sharing, that you shared earlier, because I, I love, I love speed networking to begin with. I just think it's so fun. Um, but, but something like an activity such as that is a really good way to get people reengaged again. But also the, the virtual stuff is... You know, most people are multitasking, unfortunately, when they're on some sort of Zoom. Yeah. So, um, you know, people are either chatting in a thread, but then they're not engaging with the whatever the event is itself, um, or they're only engaging with the event and, and missing out on the conversation that's happening in the thread. So, right. Um, yeah, it's interesting what's happening. Yeah, that's tough. Do you think that virtual events are here to stay? Absolutely. There's definitely, um, I think that there's going to be a select group of individuals that prefer that. Um, I can see that, you know, what I've found is I'm not driving all over the place from meeting to meeting. So I have more time to do more work. And I think as people start going back to these live events, they're going to realize that there's some pros to doing some of that virtual connecting. Um, You know, instead of doing a one-on-one at a coffee shop, which is what, personally, I did constantly. Um, it's so much easier to just say, Hey, let's do a quick, you know, 15, 20 minute, get to know each other on zoom. Right. Right. 
So I yeah, think it, I, it's going to depend on the situation, but I don't think it's going to disappear. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And yet, um, just to expand on what you said about people not being engaged with virtual events, because you can turn off your camera, you can do something else. I do think that virtual event producers are going to have to get creative, more creative, mm -hmm. because yes, the the straight up Zoom networking thing, um, the very bland, um, I, I guess, you know, webinars for lack of a better word, um, that it, it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, we are Zoomed out, you're right. And um, yet many of us are craving connection and craving content that is valuable, not mm -hmm. just fluff content, but you know, like important content. So there's certainly a place for someone to deliver it well, absolutely. In, my, in my view. Yep, absolutely. Great question. Ellen, do you have any final word or advice to offer to our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think I would just say, um, do not underestimate the importance of doing this. It is your, it's probably your most valuable asset or one of your most valuable assets. I really didn't realize this fully myself until COVID shut everything down. And we still had quite a bit of work. And it, it all, when I looked at it and analyzed it, it was all from my network. Mm -hmm. It was all from people who we've been introduced to or referred to or worked with, or someone told somebody about you know, us mm -hmm. and suddenly we had work. And I just never could have accomplished any of that I don't think with a straight up advertising campaign it would have been a lot more expensive and probably not as effective so I you know that nurturing that network is something I now intentionally prioritize all the time it's super important mm -hmm. absolutely love it I think it there's so much truth to that if anyone was interested in getting in touch with you what's the best way that they can reach you um, the best way to reach me is via, probably via email. Okay. So if you'd like to drop that in the show notes, sure. um, I'd be happy to share that. And uh, I can also share my office phone cool. if, you know, if anybody's would like that as well. Yeah, we'll include all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Ellen. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, Lori. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Ellen for taking the time to connect with us. Thank you. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.